Romans 8, 35 through 37. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It's a question mark. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or a sword? Now, how many of y'all see? I can barely see that. But how many of y'all see that next word right there? If you're looking in your Bibles, if you're on the screen, what does that next word say? Come on, say it with, like you mean it. Come on, say it like everybody can hear you online. All right. So just for clarity, okay, no matter what we face, no matter what sickness, no matter what hardship, no matter what heartbreak that you and I face, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Now I'm going to continue. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors. You know, I've read that scripture many times, but but today the word we are more than conquerors. You know, being a conqueror is a pretty big deal. David was known for his, not only himself as a warrior, as a conqueror, but then he trained men, the mighty men that David had. So, some version says uh, the men of valor. I love that. That's just the coolest thing, you know. But he was even more than that. You and I, as we take the word of God, as we believe it, as we declare God's word over our lives, you and I as sons and daughters, we even are more than conquerors. And the re- and what the scripture is meaning here is that we are children of the most high God. Not only are we victorious, but we have forgiveness of sin. We have eternal life extended to us. We have access into his presence. It's not just in what we do, but it's in who we are. We are his. More than conquerors through him who loved us. And then verses eight, it says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't and life can't, the angels can't and the demons can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, and even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away from us. So what this tells me, I'm not making this up. Scripture is clearly saying you are going to have opposition. You are going to have demons that try to oppose you. But what does it say? The powers of hell can't keep God's love away from you. That is important. Because it lets us know that no matter what we go through and face, God's going to be right there with us. Because love endures. Love is long-suffering. That word long-suffering is even whenever we mess up, hello, he's still going to be there. Love is unconditional that he's not going to throw it in our face. Do you know what you did? Really? Come on now. He's going to love us unconditionally. I want to encourage us tonight and what God has available for all of his children, and that is spiritual authority. And I'm going to explain it. Our spiritual authority over the one true enemy, and that is Satan. There is a phrase that many of you have heard, and that is put your foot down. How many of you ever heard of that phrase? Yeah. Well, let me put it in a sentence or or just a definition. It is the act firmly to tell someone strongly that they must stop doing something. A sentence using that phrase is you just can't let him do what he wants to do. You have to put your foot down. Now, it's very important that we keep this in the context. 
okay? There is one enemy, one. People are not our enemy. This is very important. It says, oh, but Dixie, you don't know my spouse, or you don't know my in-laws, or you don't know my boss, or you don't know my coworker. No, scripture is very clear. Listen in 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, be careful. Watch out for the tax from the devil, your great enemy. Nowhere in that scripture is he implying that other people are your enemy. Now you say, well, Dixie, they might have the devil in them. Yeah. Well, then <laughs> that just shows how you can pray for them. You know, I once heard um, a ministry leader say, listen, if someone is in an authority and they're not lining up with the word of God, you pray for them. You pray them in and you pray them out. Okay? But don't attack them. Our spouse, our in-laws, our neighbors, our boss, our coworkers, our government, they are not our enemy. The one enemy that we have is Satan. So as I share with you the title of the message, Conquerors, put your foot down. Put your foot down. When the enemy wants to try to bombard your mind with every wrong thing you've ever done or every situation that you're facing and that you're walking through, that you're all by yourself, that it's too big, and he will, put your foot down in the name of Jesus. You will not. Come on. Not to put your foot down on your spouse. Good Lord, no. Good Lord, I'm serious. Or to use it, hey, I have authority. So therefore, I'm going to quote scripture to beat you up with. That is an abuse of the name of God and the word of God. And he doesn't like it. It's disrespectful. We're not honoring him as our father. You know, just imagine when you're, when your children, those of you that have children still at the home, when you go out somewhere, you want to make sure that they don't act like a crazy fool. Why is that? Because they're representing your name. Because how many of you know that when that child is running around the restaurant and other people see it and they're pulling, pulling napkins off of the plate or whatever they're doing, other people are going to look, who on earth is their parents and what are they doing? Okay? So conquerors, you and I, put your foot down and don't allow the enemy to rob from you your peace, your provisions, the promises that God has for you. All of us want to succeed and overcome in times of difficulty and conflict that life brings. The reason is it's because God has wired us to be conquerors, not Satan's punching bag. John 16, 33, it says, In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Luke 10, 19 through 20, it says, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Very important. You can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because you have evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your name is registered as citizens of heaven. See, it is our inheritance. You know, when you walk into your house, you know, are you so excited? Yes, I have a bed. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, I just thank you that I have a home. 
You know, the bed is a part, but the bed is inside the home. But Lord, you just, you're glad that you have a home. Well, as children of God, God, I thank you that I am a part of your family. I thank you, God, that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. God, I thank you that I have access as your son and as your daughter to the provisions, to the protection, you know, that you have for me. So that whenever the thief, whenever the enemy comes to kill, to steal and destroy me, I'm not going to rejoice in that, oh, in the name of Jesus, you will bow and not take away my peace and my provisions. I'm not going to rejoice in me using my authority. I'm going to rejoice because I am yours and you are mine. Because what the enemy wants us to do is he wants us to rejoice in that authority. And you say, what do you mean, Dixie? So that we are in, it's our authority, but it's not. It is God's authority extended to us as his children. Because one of the biggest traps of the enemy is pride. Amen. For us to live a life as a conqueror, we have to be trained for battle of spiritual warfare. Don't avoid confrontation with the devil. It will lead to compromise. God wants us to, God wants to give us boldness in our attitude, faith in our confessions, and a healthy perspective in our thinking. We're going to quickly look at, we're going to go to some basics, things that you, ha- that you know, that you are familiar with, but I'm just going to pray God's just going to stir up your faith and increase your faith as a conqueror, okay, to put your foot down on the enemy. Weapons against Satan, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Revelations 12, 1. And they defeated him because of the blood of the lamb and because of their testimony. Weapons against Satan, the name of Jesus. You say, Dixie, why are you going over these? Because it is very important that you and I must not forget the foundations of our faith. You know, because even scripture says, the world will think that the cross is foolish. Or, and I really believe that, that the message of the cross should not just be presented on Easter Sunday, but it should be a reminder because the cross is a reminder. This is very important that Satan is defeated already. Very important. We don't have to try to figure out how am I going to get him? How am I going to get him? How am I going to get him? No, we just claim the work that our daddy already did as his sons and daughters. Because quite honestly, it is impossible for you and I to defeat Satan because his nature lived in us because of what Adam and Eve did. Only Jesus could defeat Satan by his blood. So it's vital that you and I, when the enemy tries to remind us of every havoc and heartbreak, we just need to claim the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Okay? In the name of Jesus, Philippians 2, 9 through 10. Because of this, God raised him uh, up to the heights of heaven and gave him a name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Listen, my friends, don't be afraid because I'm, I'm serious whenever I say this. Don't be afraid to say the name of Jesus. You say, well, Dixie, why would you be afraid of that? 
Because I promise you, you can immediately be labeled by saying the name of Jesus as a super spiritual person. Well, let me tell you something. You can call me super spiritual all you want, but it's the name of Jesus that's going to break oppression. And it's the name of Jesus that's going to bring revival into the hearts of America. It is vital that we never become embarrassed or shy or hesitant to declare the name of Jesus. You know, because the moment that that begins to seep into our mind, then we ourselves are being deceived. And God said, no, sweetheart, I love you. I want you to declare my name over and over again. You know, it's, it's like this. It's like God has given you a house. You put your name on the house. You put your address on the house. You want people to, hey, this is where I live. We're not declaring the name of Jesus. It's like, hey, I got a house, but who owns it? Who cleaned it? The name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. So we have the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Then we have the word of God. The word of God. All these are weapons against Satan. You know? Why You say, Dixie, why are you using these words, the weapon against Satan? Because your adversary is real. And he has weapons. So what do you mean he has weapons? Lies. That's his weapon. Lies. The Satan cannot, the, the Satan cannot jump into your spirit and start having a party. I'm controlling you now. You know, I know that was cheesy, but you know where I'm going. He can't do it because when he is faced with you who has given your life to the Lord, he is automatically faced with the blood of Jesus. Oh man, they got the blood covering their, the doorpost of their heart. Come on. But he knows that you're a threat to his kingdom. So what does he do? He starts knocking on the door with lies. You're so stupid. Nobody in your family ever went to college. You're not going to amount to nothing. You're worthless. Or your neighbor lost their job. Or you're going to be the one next. You're going to lose your home. You're going to lose everything. He's knocking. He's knocking. And he's, he's, he's relentless. Well, you just... Don't just knock, you stomp. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am the head and not the tail. Come on. But you have to open your mouth. You got to believe it in your heart and you got to confess it and declare it. The word of God, Ephesians 6, 17, put on, uh, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active. Living and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword. So the weapons against Satan is the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the word of God. And the weapon against Satan is worship. Worship. I love in 1 Chronicles 29.10-14, We see the prayer and the worship being engaged with David. It says, then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. Oh, Lord, the God of our ancestors, Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, oh, Lord, is the greatest, is the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in in the heavens and, and on earth is yours, oh, Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Man, listen, listen to that heart. No wonder he was considered a mighty warrior. 
Because you don't get confidence like that unless you know who the one who created you and adores you. Riches and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand. And it is at your discretion that people are made great and given strength. Oh, our God, we thank you and we praise you for your glorious name. The reason why David was such identified as a warrior and as a conqueror is because he knew spiritual warfare. It wasn't in how fast he could sling that slingshot rod and throw it, whatever that thing, you know. It wasn't even in his mighty men of valor. It was spiritual warfare. He knew the name of Jesus. He knew he had to worship Jesus. He knew the power in the word of God. But who am I? Who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you. And we give you only what we have already. No, excuse me. Everything we have has come from you. And we give you only what you have already given us. Man. In order for a conqueror to put his foot or her foot down on the enemy, you've got to know the weapons that God has given you to fight against the one and only true enemy, and that is Satan. The blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the word of God, and worship. Worship. Worship changes your perspective. Worship, you can, you know, I'm sure many of you, if you walk in here with something heavy on your heart, weighing heavy on your mind, and as you just begin to sing, as you just begin to share your heart with the Lord, the presence of the Lord come and meet you where, where you are and lifts that heaviness off of you. Worship enters you in into the presence of the Lord. Worship will give you, give you a clear perspective of what God wants you to do. Clear perspective of the situation or the challenge or the conflict that you're in. Because when you're in worship, you're in the presence of the Lord. In the presence of the Lord. What I'd like to do is I'm going to read you the story in 1 Samuel 17, 41 through 47. This is the account of David and Goliath. And I know I've read it many, many times before, but man, I just love this story. It's just, it's such a battle cry. It's such, I'm going to charge and no matter what I face, you know. And so, um, uh, so let's go ahead. In 1 Samuel 17, 41 through 47, it says, Goliath walked out towards David. Um, and again, I'm, I'm moving forward. So at this particular dialogue, um, David had already gone on the battlefield, sent by his father to, to check in on, on his brothers and to, uh, to give her, and then to send a report back to his dad, as well as to give the commanders uh, of his brothers some food. And, and, uh, he had heard the mockery and just the, the vile words that was coming, uh, from, uh, the leader of the Philistines, Goliath. And David, if you read the part in scripture in 1 Samuel uh, 17, just the account, David was never scared or shocked or shook up by the threats, by the size of Goliath. His mindset, his attitude was a steady conqueror. And so at this particular time, um, 
David had gone to, uh, or the, David had gone to the king and, um, and so they had lined up that David's was like, Hey, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll take him out. No problem. I'll take him out. And, um, and so here we go. Goliath walked out towards David with his shield barrier, with his shield bearer around him, sneering in contempt at the ruddy faced boy. Am I a dog? He roared at David that you come at me with a stick. And he cursed David by the names of his God. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds, wild animals, Goliath said. Wasn't a good moment. There was some conflict. Okay? But David shouted in reply. This is so cool. You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. Today the Lord will conquer you. And I will kill you. I will cut off your head. And I will then give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone will know that the Lord does not need weapons to rescue his people. It is his battle, not ours. The Lord will give you to us. Who? I love David's approach. I loved his perspective. He was no nonsense. He was, it's on. What you got? I got God. God desires for us to have that attitude, that perspective. How does a conqueror Put their foot on Satan. Put their, no, that's not. How does a conqueror put their foot down on Satan? Number one, they have a conquering attitude. They have a conquering attitude. We need to be aware and recognize that the devil is real and it is his mission to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to distort our perspective. So only what we see in conflict and in hardship is that we become critical in our attitude of everyone and everything. If the enemy can get us to turn on each other, to get us to turn on our spouses, on our family, on our neighbors, he will, he will distort our perspective. And if our perspective is distorted to where we are not seeing what is really happening, it will then in return affect our attitude. The enemy Satan is real. He's not a myth, he's not a mythical character and he seeks out whom he can destroy. But we do not need to be afraid of him because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But we need to recognize, recognize his lies. We need to recognize when we are constant, when we are constantly, um, battling fear, when there is strife in the home and all, and our mind is weighed down with heaviness. It's like, man, why do I feel this way all the time? What is going on? You identify, you can see that something's going on, but you're not quite sure where it's coming from. Lord, I need you to, Father, help me to be aware of what's going on. Okay. A conquering attitude. Because what will happen is, is that whenever you and I are faced with such trial, with such um, um, heartbreak, and we're trying to resolve it over and over by ourselves, 
And we continue to see the same results when we go to the Lord. Lord, I need you to unravel this picture. God, I need you to show me what am I not seeing? Because if we don't see what what is actually really there, it's going to affect our attitude. And we will become critical of everyone and everything. Everybody else will be wrong. Not me. I'm good. I'm good. And before we know it, instead of us putting our foot down, we have given, uh, 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 opened the door to the enemy because we have allowed a critical attitude to rest upon us instead of a conquering attitude. Does this make any sense? If the devil can't weigh you down with doubt, fear, or oppression, then he will swell you up with pride and a critical attitude. We see David's approach on the battlefield. He says, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a spear and a javelin. He identified, yeah, this is real. I see what's in front of me. But I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty. David was using his weapon that God had given him against the enemy. And many times, whenever we're faced with, with, uh, relational conflicts, when we're faced with financial uh, conflicts, when we're, when we're faced with health conflicts, I'm not in any way trying to over-spiritualize or undermine anything. What I am saying is that we need to call on the name of Jesus because there are things that are absolutely out of our control. And he says, Lord, I don't understand what's going on here. But Father, there's some resistance in this relationship. Father God, there's some hardships going on in my life. And Jesus, I need you here. We need to declare the name of Jesus over our homes. We need to declare the blood of Jesus over our health. We need to speak the word of God over us and over our families. And David recognized out of everything that he could have approached the enemy with, he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty. There is no doubt If you look at the size of David and you look at the size of the Goliath and you look at the size of of Goliath's weapons and you look at the size of David's five little stones and a little sling, because David came with the attitude of a conqueror and he came with the power and the force of God on on his side, David was able to conquer things that were humanly impossible to do. And David was able to have an attitude of the situation that was a conqueror. Because listen to what he confessed. One, he had a conquering attitude, but two, he had a conquering confession. When he approached, when he approached him, he began to say, I will kill you. I will cut off your head. I will give the dead bodies. He was confessing and believing the impossible before it ever even happened. I will. Imagine. Imagine here you are, a boy. I mean, he had the lion. He had the bear. He had, you know, battles. But here he was faced with his brothers and he had already had a conflict with his brothers. Like, seriously, what are you doing here? You need to be tending the sheep. And his response literally is, what has I, what have I done now? He had already been faced with the comparison. He had already been faced. Who are you to be a conqueror of that? 
Any time that you, God is going to use you and I to do big and great things, big and great things, the greater the battle we will face. And so here was David, and you know the story. But the fact that he had already declared, I will take your head, and I will uh, cut off, I will not only take your head, but uh, I will uh, then give all the dead bodies of your men to the birds. He was living with the attitude of a conqueror. Number two, conquering a confession. I want to camp out here for a few minutes. The words you speak matter. They have power in them. And the words you are speaking, are they aiming for the target you are trying to reach? Proverbs 18.21, you know this scripture. There's death and life in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Matthew 12.34-37, and whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good per- person produces good words from a good heart and an evil person produces evil words from an evil heart. And I tell you this, that you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say now reflect your faith then. Either you will be justified by them or you will be condemned by them. I believe that David believed that he confessed that he would conquer before it happened. And he said this in verses 46, Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you. And again, he goes, because David had a conquering attitude, it it affected his perspective. And then because David had a conquering confession, he was setting himself up for allow God to do things that are absolutely bigger than him. Many of us will face mindsets, we will face conflicts in our lives. And we might have these thoughts. We're never going to bounce back from this. There is no way we're going to make it. Too much has happened for us to start. These might be words that you have confessed. Not to, not to be critical, but is we're confessing it is because it's the conflicts that we're facing. Too much has happened for us to start anew. I could never have that job. That's not within my grasp, that home or that car or that education. But my friends, I'm going to challenge that you change your confessions to one of a conquering one. Instead of begin to saying, we're never going to bounce back, begin to open your mouth and declare, we're going to bounce back and better than we ever have before. Instead of saying that's not within our grasp or instead of saying there's no way we will make it, I challenge you to have a conquering confession. With God, all things are possible and we will make it. Come on, we need to open our mouths and declare as a conqueror what God has done and is capable of doing on our behalf. God is a God of restoration and he will restore what the enemy has taken from us. I encourage you to open your mouth and declare, the best is yet to come. All things work together for good of those who love God. 
I encourage you to open your mouth because whenever our confessions, when we declare confessions of faith, it activates God's power on our behalf. And our our current circumstances and generations to come, our children and our grandchildren, they will see this confession and it will affect and change their life. You say, Dixie, what do you mean? Last week, I went to Texas. Uh, my Mima had gone to be with the Lord, and um, our last final of business was we had to pick out her headstone. And so we took care of that, and um, Mima has a camp in Texas, and we, for years we've, we've kindly referred to it as Mima's camp. And so as we were just going through some of her stuff, my Mima had a had a, a great habit of, she was a mighty woman of God and is in, in heaven with the Lord. She had a great habit of writing down her prayers or writing down her conquering confessions. And so as I was sitting in the living room of the camp and um, there was a notepad there and some of the kids had had uh, drawn some stuff in it. And, and so, but on the front page of the notepad, just right there, it was one of Mima's confessions. And the confession was, see, she had had the land, but there wasn't like a house on the land. And so her confession was, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to have a house on this land. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to have a covering where I'll be able to drive my car under. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to have a home and it's going to be a great dwelling place. She was confessing this. And long after since she's been, last year she went to go be with the Lord, I'm sitting here reading this confession in the very home that she had prayed for. But when she wrote it, she didn't have it yet. But she had a conquering confession. And she had written the name of Jesus. Now, don't you know that what an incredible spiritual heritage was passed down? Because when you and I have a conquering attitude, when you and I have a conquering confession, our family and our children, our children's children, they are going to experience the blessings and the benefits of that. Oh, the faithfulness of God. See, in Numbers 6, 22 through 27, we see where Jesus is, is declaring a blessing over his children. And I encourage you with a conquering confession, Matthew 6, 22 through 27, speak this blessing over your children. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Even though whether, depending upon the ages and, and the, the development of your children and the training of their character, it can be exhausting at times. But I encourage you, confess that although you don't see the evidence of it now but confess it as if the evidence will come in the name of Jesus. And that's what David was doing. That's what David was doing. Even though you're not conquered now, you will be conquered in the name of Jesus. And so I encourage you. Amen. So I encourage you. 
no matter what you are facing, if it is that relationship trial, if it is a, uh, if it is that financial job, if it is that dream that, that uh, of a business that you see, whether it's, it's not being successful, whatever it is, come on, speak to it as though it is in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I am blessed. In the name of Jesus, I will have the provisions and the protection of God. Okay? So one, how does a conqueror put their foot down on Satan? One, have a conquering attitude. Two, have a conquering confession. And three, have conquering thinking. Have conquering thinking. Who am I to make a difference and change my circumstances? Many times the enemy, before we even step out on the field, the enemy will want to beat us up. And who do you think that you are to do anything great and mighty for God? Who am I to change the direction and course of my family and my life? The shepherd boy became the conqueror of a giant and the conqueror for God that impacted his family and his nation. God desires for you and I to be conquerors. So that through us, the world can see that not only is Jesus alive and real, but he is the hope for our nation. Because if you and I, people do not want to be around somebody that has a defeated attitude. Because they're already dealing with things of their own. They want to to experience hope. They want to experience purpose. They want to experience change. But you and I must first experience and receive for ourselves. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The only thing that the world is going to desire is, uh, is the hope that we, that they have in Jesus. And they're going to see that through our conquering attitude. They're going to see that through our conquering uh, confession. And they're going to see that through our conquering thinking. How were you able to do that? Oh my goodness. Because when we have conquering thinking that greater is he that is in, we are going to have confidence and we're not going to be critical. We're not going to be negative, but we will stand in the midst of trials and heartbreak. Philippians 4, 8 through 9, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you have learned from me and heard from me and saw me doing, and the God of peace will be with you. The enemy wants to interfere into your thinking to distort the truth, truth and to entrap you into lies with your past failures, your current conflicts, to not receive the destined future that he has planned for you and I. You know, we've heard and we've, we've heard over and over Jeremiah 29, 11. All the plans and thoughts that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, do great and mighty things. There it is, to give you a future and a hope. That is for you and I, church. That is for you and I. If you are defeated in your thinking, you will give up in the midst of the battle. If you are defeated in your thinking, you will give up in the midst of the battle. And I encourage you to take a moment to let God speak to you through these scriptures and in areas of your life that God wants to help your attitude, help your confession, help your thinking. So that no matter what we face, we will be a conqueror and put our foot down on Satan. Say no more. 
Not today. Not in my home. Not in my family. Not in my business. Not in my city. And not in my nation. Are you going to reign? Because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen? Come on, can you confess that today? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I am more than a conqueror. I am a child of God. And my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And no virus can ever take that away. Amen. Amen. And because of that, we can stand with a conquering attitude. Would you stand with me right now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So come on, let's just take this moment. Let's just thank him. Thank him. You might need to declare over yourself, I am a conqueror. Because depending upon the environment of your home, maybe that you grew up in, if you've never had someone affirm you that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, that can weigh on your soul. And even though your spiritual identity says that you're a conqueror, but if you yourself do not receive that truth to your life, you can have a spiritual identity as a conqueror, but naturally not be walking in that. And God has said, oh, my children, I want you to know you're more than a conqueror. I believe in you. I believe in you. I love you with all of my heart. And no matter what you face, no matter what you go through, I am with you. I am with you. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'm going to read this scripture and I just want you to process it. Deuteronomy 31 eight. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord is the one who goes before you, and he will be with you. He will neither fail you or forsake you. He is with you. He adores you. He loves you. And no matter what you're facing in your home and your relationships, in your health, with your finances, if there is strife, if there, if there is contention, if there's heartbreak, if there's frustration, and you feel like all of hell is coming against you, listen, conqueror, don't tolerate the enemy from you, you being his punching bag. You put your foot down and you speak using the weapons that God has given you. In the name of Jesus, you will not rain havoc on my life. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. In the name of Jesus, I will dwell with peace and joy and God's provisions resting over me. And I will worship God. Satan, you will never have my back. In the name of Jesus. God, give me the grace and the strength to serve you and worship you all the days of my life. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for every person that's in here, for every person that's watching. God, I ask in the name of Jesus 
That, Lord God, as the word that has been spoken, that, Father, it would stir up faith within them. And that they would not see themselves as defeated, but they would see themselves as conquerors, winners in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you strengthen us? Strengthen us with the truth of your word. Strengthen us, Lord God. Remind us of who you are. Remind us, Lord, of what you have already done for us and the things and the places that you have brought us out of. Holy Spirit, may we hold on to the truth of your word and all the places and the plans that you have for us. May we go with a conquering attitude, conquering confessions, and conquering thinking. If you say, Dixie, I don't know of that conquering God, that's you in this room, if that's you watching, come on, let's go to the Lord. With all of your heart, just confess, Lord, I need you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe in you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, and I receive you now into my heart in the name of Jesus. Father, as it says in your word, as it says in your word, and we close as I speak this blessing over your sons and your daughters. Lord, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. You are a conqueror. Amen. Guys, we love you so much. If there's anything that we can do, whether watching online or anything you need here, please let us know. It is our honor to walk with you and serve you. God bless. You are dismissed.